Hello and welcome to Online Church here at King Sam's. For those of you who haven't met us yet, my name is Ben and this is my wife Yvette. Hi there. So glad you're able to connect with us. Um, we really hope you're keeping well um, and hope you've been enjoying the weather. I have definitely been um, catching the sun, walking on my tan. Could you have a look? Could you tell? I'm so excited. But I'm um, so good that you're able to join in today. It's great to see those of you who are uh, regular attenders, but if you're here for the first time, if you're joining us for the first time, then we'd really like to say a massive welcome and just to let you know what's going to be happening this morning. We have got some time to worship God together and then we'll be catching up on some family news and finishing off with um, PJ talking to us. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, last week we, we set you guys a challenge to send in your superhero poses. Let's have a look at what you sent in. Thank you so much for sending those those in guys um I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as um we did and we thought that was really good thank you yeah so good to see people's faces we really miss seeing people in person um but one way that you can connect with people at the moment is through um steve wilson's facebook live sessions that he's organizing last thursday um he invited simon yvonne and ben to join him for a discussion about racism in the church and it was a really great discussion. I certainly went away with quite a lot of food for thought. So if you want to catch up with that, you can um, uh, do so via this link, kingsarms.org forward slash catching up with. Uh, it should be appearing on your screens now. Um, okay, so and just to give you a little heads up, later on in the service, we are going to be taking communion together. So if you need to dash to the kitchen to find some bread, and some wine or maybe more likely Ribena, whatever you've got hanging around, but it will be great to connect with each other, um, both in it and our homes, but there'll also be a chance for you to connect with people um, via Zoom at the end of the service, but we'll tell you more about that later. Yeah, so for now, we're just going to um, have spend some time worshiping God. Andy will be leading us in this. And I don't know about you, but in, with online church, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to focus on this or that that's going on compared to when we're in the church building. But can I just encourage you to, to just give room to worshiping God, whatever that looks like, to just give your, set your heart to worshiping God today. So I'm going to pause for a few seconds until, I mean, just to give you room to start posturing your heart to, mm -hmm. to, to come to a place of worshiping God. And Andy would lead us is, um, nicely in this, but um, there's a responsibility on each and every one of us here to give God our very best. And so I'll just pause and give you room to focus on God right now. Yes, eternal God, we worship you. You're the same yesterday, today and forever. That You say that you would never leave us or forsake us. 
And you are always true to your promise, God. So as we worship you, let us know your presence here with us. Yes, God, we worship you. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? When the lost began to sing of Jesus Christ, the saving one. And we can see that God, you're moving a mighty river through the nations. The young and old will turn to Jesus. Think what you heavenly
We're going to sing a new song together. The song is called Anything is Possible. It declares the truth that He is the God of breakthrough. He's always on our side. Every battle we fight, He's already won it because He's the God of breakthrough. Nothing's impossible for Him. So as we declare the truth, let this truth sink in and let's declare the truth together that He is the God of breakthrough and that everything is already His. Let's sing. no shadow that has ever overcome your light there is no rival that could ever stand against your mind you've always been with us every battle you've already won you've already won Now all of 
my fear I will turn into praise Shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance out in faith I will crush disappointment and break every chain Now all of my fear I will turn into praise Shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance out in faith I will crush disappointment and break every chain Now all of my fear I will turn into praise Shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance out in faith I will crush disappointment for you that you are always with us we worship you God I worship you. 
You are Lord of Lords. You are the rock on which we stand. You are unchanging. You are unshakable. And we choose to fix our gaze on you. Father God, I pray that as we do that, you will come meet with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and bring peace to our hearts. Come bring a stillness to our hearts as we remember that you are God who sits on the throne. We give you glory, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Andy, for leading us so well. If you've just joined us, it's great to have you with us. You're really welcome. 
even though we're not meeting face to face at the moment, it is still really important that we get the chance to pray with each other. So if there is anything that you would like prayer for, please do find a prayer button on your screen. One of our online hosts would love to chat and pray with you. Likewise, um, there is coffee and chat towards the end of the service in the lounge today. Like we said, we are gonna be taking communion to get there as well. I've joined the chat a couple of times and it is so lovely to see familiar faces and maybe meet one or two new ones. Um, now we're going to move on to a um, video of our work with the King's Arms project. The project is so foundational to us as a church and it's going to be great just to hear about a day in the life of one of the teams that serve us so well as a community. Hi there, my name is Faith and I do marketing and social media for the King's Arms Project. Um, we look after some of the most vulnerable people in our town and we have not stopped during coronavirus. Um, I am just at the park today meeting up with our Pathways team. Um, they run a variety of courses for our clients. Um, today they're meeting in the park for um, some activities so we're just going to catch up with them and find out what they're up to. there I am just in the park with Philippa who is head of our pathways team um, and some of our people back there some of our clients um, I'm just gonna be talking to Philippa for a couple of minutes about what she's been up to um, so what are we doing out here today so we are meeting with a number of the people that come on courses um, we found that face-to-face uh, -face, we've all missed it loads and this is our first get-together since the restrictions were, re were reduced a little bit. So social distancing in the park, in the rain, with the dog. Oh, and it's community, it's great. Till now we've been doing online quizzes, which has been fun. We've done house party sessions where we've just joined in playing charades, that kind of, well, is it charades? Drawing things and, mm. you know, um, house party. Uh, we've had Zoom discussion groups and drop-ins on well-being and mental health. Um, that was managed by, led by our employment program person, so peer support for the clients, which has been fantastic. Um, but I think we've really missed the, the banter of meeting face-to-face. -face. Okay, so can you just tell us a little bit more about your team, what you normally do, and how you kind of pivoted during this season? Sure. So Pathways team um, have different strands. So there's Pathways to Employment, where we um, have people come to Jobs Club, encourage them in developing um, work-related skills, personal skills, um, and we get them into voluntary or paid positions. We also do um, social um, skills as, as well, courses where people are encouraged to come and be part of community. Um, develop um, friendships um, and a support group amongst themselves as well where many of our clients live in hostels or in their own accommodation but very isolated and don't have the confidence or the opportunity or perhaps the, the social skills to actually build um, a healthy uh, network of friends so that's the other part of what we do um, putting people in community. So what do you think like just being out here today what do you think this means to the guys? Uh, it's great. I get so excited just watching them each coming from different corners of the park. It's kind of a reflection of how they live actually, um, coming out um, from all the different corners and I think it just helps to reiterate they do belong, they're missed, they're valued, they're part of something bigger than themselves um, and that is, that's really special to see them just building relationship and enjoying each other's company and actually the fact I can just stand back here and let them play with my dog is brilliant, like that's community. I 
love this team and I love what they're about. I love how they take one of our core values, which is the statement that we believe everyone belongs in community and they really live it out. Um, so it's just amazing to be with them today and see that community kind of in action. Um, if you want to get involved with what we're doing, we would love to have you. And you can visit our website at kingsarmsproject.org. Um, you can join us by praying for what we're doing, by giving financially to what we're doing, or by offering your time as a volunteer. We would love to have you. Well, I'm so proud of the King Sam's Project and our work with the homeless and, and the poor and the displaced here in our town of Bedford. Um, today we wanted to share some, some family news in that the amazing Simon Dwight, who has led the King Sam's Project for the last eight years, um, is leaving us. Well, not leaving us as a church, but his role as the CEO, he'll be taking up an amazing opportunity as a government special advisor for homelessness. And we wanted to thank him uh, publicly for his incredible service through the years. And please do be praying for, for him in this season of transition, but also for the wonderful Kirsty Cook, who is going to be stepping into the, into the role um, um, from July um, this year. You know, we're so grateful for people who have such passion and conviction to serving the poor um, in our town. Guys, let's be praying for them. But Simon, thank you so much for serving us as a community. Um, this is an opportunity for us now to give. For those of you who give online, you can click on the button somewhere on your screen. I'm not going to pretend to know where that is, but the webpage is kingsarms.org forward slash donate if you need to find um, the page later on. But you can click on the button now and we're so grateful for your generosity. Well, welcome everybody to my cabin, which is kind of my man cave at the end of the garden. I pretty much live here now, to be honest. I've got everything I need. I've got my sofas, I've got a desk I can work at. I've got my special plastic plant, uh, which actually seems to have grown a little bit after, over the past few weeks. Uh, for the uninitiated who don't know about cabins, let me inform you. You've got different types. You've got the kit form cabin, which arrives and you assemble it like a, bits of Lego. Then you've got handmade bespoke cabins. But then on the far end of the spectrum, you've got what I would class as extremely bespoke cabins, which is what this is. That is to say, there's not a single right angle in the whole building. Uh, that kind of craftsmanship doesn't happen overnight. It comes about through years of mismeasuring things and cutting things at the wrong angle. So welcome. You are most welcome here in my cabin with me today. Um, I put out a social media post that has been living with me for several weeks now. And uh, I, in that post, I was telling the story of an American psychologist who's actually really well known by the name of Erwin Yalom. And uh, he describes how one of his clients had a troubled relationship with her father. And it just was exemplified one day when uh, he was driving her to university. She was in her late teens, early 20s. Long journey, long road trip across the States. And uh, there was this one point on the highway, on an eleva elevated piece of the highway, when she looked out the window and down below her, she saw this beautiful stream. So she just remarked to her dad in the driver's seat, oh, dad, look, I, there's a beautiful stream down there. It looks absolutely idyllic. To which he gruffly replied, oh, that's just a muddy creek. Um, she was just taken aback really and thought, oh, well, that sums it up. Inwardly, she sighed to herself, that's what our relationship is like. We can't even agree on the view. Well, 
Months later, he came back to collect her from university and they were driving back the same route on the same stretch of highway, except this time, of course, she was on the other side. And this time she looked out of her window and saw that there was another creek, another stream on the other side of the road that she hadn't been aware of on the journey out. And that creek was indeed muddy and ugly. Her dad had been right. And it made her realize that if we're to truly understand one another, if we're to truly love one another, then we've got to understand what the view is like from somebody else's window. And that has really rested and lived with me, particularly over these recent weeks. And it seems to me that in a world that is increasingly polarized politically, socially, and economically, that how we handle difference is absolutely critical. And how we handle differences between us is perhaps even more important. And today in our series, Pictures of the Church, uh, the Apostle Paul begins to address this subject. And I'm chuffed a bit to be given this topic because I've spoken on it before and it's a, a personal favorite of mine. And you'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, so what I wanna do is I wanna look at what it teaches us very briefly but then look at how it can be applied to us, to the church in, lock, in lockdown in 21st century Britain. So to set the scene for you, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, which is modern day Greece. And uh, it's quite possibly the worst church ever. I find it very encouraging to look at when I'm having a bad day, because I think to myself, it's not as bad as Corinth. Um, they're in a real mess over spiritual gifts and how to use them, but they're in fact abusing them. Uh, they've got poor people who are being left out and excluded and often going hungry within their midst. Uh, they're immature and they're inconsiderate of one another. It's a train wreck of a church. To put it in perspective for us, um, if it were a superhero movie, this would be the Green Lantern. If it were a haircut, it would be a mullet. Um, if the church in Corinth were to be a military strategy, well then it would be deciding to attack Russia in winter. Um, if, the, if this were an action movie, well then, to be honest, it would be the Green Lantern as well. Um, it's a mess of a church situation. And into that, that setting, Paul writes about what it means to be a family. And he uses a famous illustration. He uses the image of the church being like a body. We haven't got time to read the whole passage, but maybe you want to follow it through on your iPad or your phone or even a written Bible in front of you. Uh, to give you one verse from it that helps set the scene, he says this in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And just as the body has lots of different parts, different organs, uh, each, he says, has a different function. Each organ has a role within the body. And to make his point, he maps out different scenarios of how this can or cannot work. So he says there are three possible outcomes from this teaching, that we could be left out of the body, that we could opt out of the body, or we could jump in. And just to briefly look at those together, Verse 21, he talks about being left out. Paul describes a situation where one part of the body says to another part, I don't need you. Where some are rejected by others within the church, which is obviously a terrible thing. Except 
that if we're a body, then there's no way we could actually say this. So he paints this ridiculous situation to make his point. He says later in the passage, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. Why can the eye not say to the hand, I have no need of you? Well, because it does. Of course, my eye needs my hand. I'd be very lost without my hand. Only a crazy person would talk like that. It's utter foolishness to reject part of your own body. In fact, there's even a medical term for it. It's known as body integrity dysphoria, where someone has the mental condition where they want to eliminate one part of their body, generally chop off a limb. Most commonly, they want to chop off their own leg. And it's a mental illness. In just the same way, Paul was saying, you'd have to be mentally unwell to reject others within the church. You'd literally would be a crazy thing to do. These other people, they may not look the same as you. They may not talk the same as you. They probably won't think the same way as you. You may even think they're a bit odd, but in the same way that the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, in the same way we cannot say to others in the church family, we do not need you. It has all kinds of implications for us because Paul's saying that we need one another rather than we choose one another. Um, so often in church life, we think we can accept people out of a kind of uh, superficial niceness, but that really won't do, do. Paul says you need to recognize that the other people in the church family, they're there because you need them. Uh, sometimes God places people around us who are completely different in order to teach us things. Sometimes, in my experience, God causes us to marry people who are completely different to us in order to teach us things. Um, I remember that when Emma and I got married, we discovered that we have a lot of things in common, except for, and I've made a list, the way we approach time, money, ministry, work, home life, holidays, raising children, savings, prayer, cooking, cleaning, relatives, and Christmas. Everything else has been extremely straightforward. Even to this day, we are each adamant that we know the correct way to load the dishwasher. I'm convinced that my method is the right one. I stuff as many things as humanly possible into that box and turn it on in the hope that some of them will be clean. Emma has a slightly more sophisticated approach. But I'm convinced that my way is best and I've even offered to do a little training video for her on that. That didn't go down well. And maybe one of the reasons why I'm in the cabin so much these days. But we approach life so differently in so many different ways. When we got married, there was a clash of cultures. But 20 plus years on, I recognize that I actually need what Emma brings into my life. Just in the same way, I need what others in the church family bring to me. They're different, but I need them. So I've got a question for you. Has God placed some people in your life deliberately to teach you things? Remember, you're not there to teach them, but they are there to teach you. We don't accept one another in this church just to be nice, but out of recognition of what the Bible says, that we actually need one another. You see, those people that you struggle with the most are teaching you perseverance, patience, and generosity, and a whole load of other things you probably didn't want to learn, but they're teaching you things nonetheless. So that's the first thing. We need to recognize that we mustn't be leaving people out. 
But the second possibility that Paul refers to is that others might opt out. Um, it's not that they are being rejected by others, but they reject themselves. And they think to themselves, I do not belong to this body. Paul says this in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. See, if one obstacle is being left out, then the other is there in verse 15, where somebody says, I do not belong here. I wonder how many of us have told ourselves a variation of that lie, that I don't belong, I don't fit in around here. Uh, there's no one like me. I couldn't have a home in this place. I wonder if you've ever told yourself anything like that. And notice the reason for believing the lie here. I don't belong because I'm not a foot or I'm not a hand. In other words, I don't look like they do. I serve a different function to them. In other words, I don't belong because I'm different. And we are get creative at this point and tell ourselves this for a variety of different reasons. Um, we might think to ourselves, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I'm different to everybody else around here. Well, you and me both. Or, I don't know my Bible too well, so I'm different and therefore don't belong. I'm working class or middle class or upper class, I'm different and therefore I don't belong. I'm older than most people. I think this is a really common one where the enemy gets at us. I'm older than other people. This is a young people's church. And in doing so, we take a step back and the church loses the benefit of our maturity and wisdom. If you're more mature a member of this church family, you are much needed. Don't buy the lie that you're not. Or we think to ourselves in terms of education. I've had a good education or a bad education or no education. Therefore, I'm different and don't belong. Or I'm from a different nation or cultural group, therefore I don't fit. And we start to emotionally distance ourselves from our brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're believing a lie. And not only that, but we also then begin to disengage. It might be um, that we're still watching online as you are right now, but actually we're allowing a distance to create, be created between us. But Paul says the alternative to being left out or to opt out is actually to jump in. To be so emotionally connected and invested in one another's lives that he says this in verse 7, all of you, verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So much so that if we enter difficult times, we actually experience it together. Verse 26, Paul says, if one member suffer, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. You see, if I wasn't here, well then the church would be missing one six foot tall ex-careers advisor from Hampshire. Um, I am a unique gift to the church. But the point is, so are you. You are the only one of you we've got. We have no one else like you. And if you aren't part of us, then we will be missing somebody who looks just like you. Also, I'd want to say to you, maybe if you're not a believer here today, perhaps the, the way God's stirring you is there's this resonance in your spirit that you realize, I want to belong to something like this. I was made for something more. And the truth is, Jesus died for you so that you could belong to a church family. Don't buy the lie that because you're different, you don't belong. It's quite the reverse. It's because you are unique 
that you do belong and we need you. So the answer of course is to recognize that what we have in common is far greater than what we've got apart. So yes, there are hundreds of different people in the King's Arms who all look very different, but we only need one common denominator. And that's the fact that Jesus died for us, that we might have a relationship with him. And in knowing him, he pulls us together, people from every different tribe and tongue and nation, like those that are gonna be gathered around the throne. Verse 12 says this, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the, bo- all the members are of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into this one body. Jesus is pulling all of us together. John Piper says this of a parallel passage in Colossians 3. He says of Jesus, his aim in creating new people was that they would stop boasting about the things that separated them and instead boast in Christ who united them. So as we come in for a landing, having just glimpsed at this passage today really, how can we go about living this out? How can we go about being the body of Christ, particularly in lockdown where we're all separated from one another? We can't be together other than two meters apart and social distancing and everything else. Well, let me leave you with just a couple of thoughts today. The first one is this, is I think that we can make this a season of listening, of really connecting with not hundreds of people, but maybe one or two people through listening. Um, Perhaps the best way that you can show someone that you truly love them is by properly listening to them. You see, the world has slowed down to a crawl and you can't socially engage with hundreds of people in a busy room. But what you can do is have a phone call or a walk with just one person and love them well and listen to them. You know, sometimes I feel like our society always wants to tell us something or sell us something. There's nothing more powerful than actually loving somebody enough to truly listen to them. When I'm sat with someone, I'm thinking to myself, what's life like for you? And I listen, not just for the facts, but for the feelings as well. If you like, I'm trying to see what life looks like through their window. Even just this last week, I was chatting to a lady who's been doing some of the phone calls around the church. There've been hundreds of phone calls uh, going around, which is great. And uh, she was saying how she's gone into phoning one lady who she'd never met before, but now counts her as a friend. They're often on the phone for an hour or two at a time. And she said to me, I'm really looking forward to the day when I actually get to meet this lady in person. I think that's beautiful. A friendship has formed in lockdown, a friendship of listening and love. So that's the first thing, we can listen to people. But the second thing is this, I think we can start to share. You know, all the evidence seems to suggest that this medical crisis is going to be followed by an economic crisis. I pray it doesn't happen, but it looks very much that way. But Jesus has shown us that what we've got in him is far more important than what would divide us. And he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Not give me my daily bread, but give us. So I guess my question for you to consider is, what has God given to you that isn't just for you, but to share with others? Emma and I do our 10% every month standing order to the church, but we've also got a generosity pot of money that we put money away for, for those in need, particularly coming out of the COVID crisis. 
I wonder what God has given you to share with others. And even as I record this, I am sat recording this on a borrowed iPhone that stood on a borrowed tripod in a cabin that other people have helped me to build. And Andy Flood laid the roof for me. My life has been about not independence, but interdependence with others. So two questions I want to leave you with today. Number one, who are you meant to be listening to? Who's God got for you to listen really well to in this season? And secondly, who are you meant to be sharing what you have with? Because if we can get those two things, well then maybe we'll come out of this this season a body truly together, made up of all kinds of different people, imperfect, but in Jesus, made interdependent and glorious for his namesake. Thanks so much for being with us today. Bless you. Well, thank you, PJ. It's always good to listen to you and you serve us so, so well. Thank you for reminding us of um, a lot of Bible truths there and um, you, you serve us so well as a church. Thank you. Um, as we stated, we, as we stated at, at the start of this service, um, there will be an opportunity, and now is the opportunity for us to break bread and, and drink wine as, um, uh, as a family. And so we want this time of communion to be an opportunity to gather together. So maybe you'd like to have um, your household join, joining together right now. In a minute, we'll be inviting our kids to join us. Or alternatively, our welcome lounge will be opening a little early today. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to hop over there now, um, you can click on the link in the chat and take communion together in a virtual lounge. Either way, let's gather together. And uh, if you're wanting to know a little bit more about what's going on, what is this communion, what's it, you know, what would it be like to follow Jesus, then please do click on the prayer button now and people in our team uh, would really love to chat us through with you. Yeah. Come on in kids, come and join us. This is Amy, this is Joshua. Good to have you with us. So um, we often pray together as a family. When do we like to pray together, kids? At meal times. Yeah. And at bedtimes. Yeah, bedtime, meal times. Anytime, really. Um, there are so many ways for us to pray and spend time together focused on Jesus. And although um, we often take communion when we're in church, um, in the building, we're, what we're actually doing now is, is more like what the early church used to do breaking bread and drinking wine in their homes. Amy, could you read the passage for us? We're going to read from Luke 22, verse 14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Thanks, Amy. Very good. So, why do you think we've got the bread and wine out, Joshua? Um, or Rabina? I hope Jesus 
Lada? Because Jesus died on the cross for us. He did. And he, he did he just did he stay dead? No. What happened? He came back alive, but he needed to go back. Yeah. To heaven, yeah. Very good. Thank you. And what does the bread and wine represent in? The wine represents Jesus' blood and the bread represents his body. Brilliant. So um do join in at home, we're going to have the bread and wine together now, but feel, feel free to turn the volume down a little so that you can do the same at home. But just before you do, let's pray together. Yeah, so Jesus, thank you that you, you did not hold back, you, you gave it all, you gave your life, you, um, your, your flesh was torn, you, you know, blood spilled, you know, you didn't hold back any bit of it just so we can have life. We say thank you for that, God. We thank you that um, we have life and life in abundance because of all you did, Jesus. And so we just want to take this moment to, to remember this, but to say thank you. We love you so much, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to, to have you all join, uh, join in today. We're going to bring this service to um, an end. It's great that we can use technology to worship together and to have communion together. And so um, don't forget to click on the prayer button if you're responding to any of the words of knowledge shared by the team, or if you would like prayer, um, please use the button now and get support. Um, next week, we'll have Simon um, sharing about being the temple of God and look forward to it. Have a good rest of the week. God bless you.